Loaded Bases, episode 18. Last night, the World Series ended. Congrats to all my LA Dodgers fans. But, what did you guys think about Kevin Cash pulling Blake Snell in the sixth? If you were like anyone else that had a head on him, with common sense, you don't pull Blake Snell in the sixth. I'm sorry, but in that situation, you let the pitcher go. Dude had two hits, nine Ks, no walks through six. I mean, we'll never understand that for ever. I mean, also like to end up the whole World Series with the whole Justin Turner situation with COVID. I mean, to end the 2020 COVID season with the COVID case, Andy played. I mean, if you expected any other way for this season to end, you got it wrong. So we're going to jump in this one right away. He is from about an hour and a half from where I'm from. Came out of central Washington State. And you know what? Go Cougs. Loaded bases. Ian Sagdal, how's it going? Well, not too bad. I'm I'm glad the uh, smoke is finally cleared for all of us. So yeah, it's we were about half a mile from the evacuation over here, so that was kind of that was kind of sucky. Yeah, I bet <laughs> that's terrible. So what do you do, and who do you play for? Uh, so I play for the, well, I'm in the Washington Nationals organization. Uh, and last year I was in double A, which is in, uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, the Harrisburg senators. Nice. Um, play first base, third base for them. Um, they, uh, they have a pretty unique stadium. It's, uh, on an Island. I can't remember the name of the river, but, uh, it's literally what? on an island, and a bridge runs right through it, and it's pretty cool. I mean, there were a couple times early in the year last year uh, where we would travel, and guys would have to leave their keys in the locker room because the island floods sometimes. Oh, what? So, there were a couple instances where uh, they had to move guys' cars off the island, so yeah, it it got pretty hectic at times. That's crazy. Yeah. Is is uh so like from what I've heard, double A is the toughest I guess the toughest level under I would agree with that. You would? So Yeah, I would Why do you agree with that? Um I guess who who's the toughest pitcher that you faced in double A? That Oh man. In your opinion. There were a lot of guys, but if I had to pick one. One or two. I'll make it easy. I mean the top three. The, the one that comes off uh, comes to mind right away and he just made his MLB MLB uh debut was uh Nate Pearson uh for Toronto. Yep. He was the real deal. He was 97 to 99 um, the whole game. He threw like 
seven innings, eight innings. And he got taken out, and I think his pitch count was at, like, 75 in the <laughs> seventh or eighth inning. And That's a I great mean, day at the ballpark. Oh, man. It, was, it just seemed like every guy that came up was three pitches or less. He either was striking guys out or just getting early outs. And that's and the mean, way to do it. Exactly. Especially for a pitcher. But yeah, he, I mean, everything about him was smooth. He was huge. He's like six, 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 seven. Just, he's a horse on the mound. But I mean, yeah, him. And there were a couple guys in the uh, Yankees organization, um, Trenton, Trenton city thunder. They, uh, they were loaded. <laughs> it was, it wasn't fun facing them. I mean, their entire bullpen was ninety-five plus. We got the scouting report, and it was just like, uh, "Is this right? Is is this valid?" These guys throw hard. All right, we get the picture. <laughs> Gear up and go. Yeah, shorten up your swing, choke up a little bit, and battle. That's insane. So you're a Northwest guy as well. Mm-hmm. Central. Born and raised, yep. Born and raised in one uh East Wenatchee. There's East a difference. The, yep. there, if if you tell someone from Wenatchee that it's it's all Wenatchee, they get irritated. I mean, I'm not gonna get irritated, but there is a difference. <laughs> there definitely is a difference because I have I have people from all across Washington. Uh, you know, when I introduce myself and they ask me who or where I'm from. I always say East Wenatchee and they're always like, well, isn't it just Wenatchee? I'm like, well, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's insane. Cause I'm the same way. Like when people say like, oh, where are you from? Washington state. And I go, Oh, Seattle. I'm like, Nope. Like I'm over first, on the first place. Uh, they always say I am on the East side and they're like, Oh, like, so does it rain all the time? I'm like, Nope. It snows over here. We get all, it's a hundred degrees. And they're like, wait what I'm like it's a desert literally that's the best and, way to describe it and people have no idea it's a no, desert a with orchards yeah that i is, mean it's incredible how much people don't know about washington especially the east side of washington the east side of washington is like a huge question mark to people the most underrated well i mean i don't know if i would rate it that high but most underrated talked about place in Washington State. Yeah, I mean, I loved it because growing up, I got to go hunting, fishing, all of that. And I mean, yeah, you can do that over in Seattle, but not to the extent no. of Eastern Washington. I mean, where you don't have to worry about somebody being, you know, a hundred yards away. No, I mean, we say because it's like from Sela, it's about thirty minutes up to the mountains. And then to go fishing, less than that. Yeah. It's, I it's, mean, I have the Columbia River right in my backyard. When oh, yeah. Yeah, no. We would we would go to, uh, what's that beach called? It's like Bimbo Beach or whatever they call it. <laughs> Bimbo Beach. <laughs> yes, we would go there in the summer. Classic. It was fun. Oh, yeah. Great hangout spot. <laughs> so tell, tell me about your draft story i want to know how it went down oh man uh let's see here so 
I left WSU, I think it was like the first week of June. Our season finished up, had to move out of the uh, house. And I got home, I uh, was hanging out with a few friends, didn't really know like what was going to happen. I had talked to yeah. like, I'd filled out quite a few questionnaires, but never really like talked to any of the scouts after the season ended. And then uh, draft day rolled around and the first day went by and I was a little bummed because I didn't get, you know, drafted in the first round. Ah, uh, damn. Rough day. <laughs> Rough day, but uh, no, I, I knew it wasn't going to be the first two days. Well, I, I was hoping it would be on the second day because mm. I was being a senior. I was hoping to be like a senior sign where, you know, like in the first 10 rounds where they're trying to save money. Yeah. Uh, and that didn't happen. So on the third day, um, I kind of was like, well, I don't know if it's going to happen. And I actually was with one of my buddies at the time. And we were sitting there in my living room listening to the draft and, you know, hoping to see my name. And it got to about probably the 15, midway through the 15th round. And I was like, man, I can't, I can't be in the house anymore. Like I'm going nuts. So I was like, I'm going to run down to like the gas station, grab like a drink or something. I I'll be back. And so I'm driving down to this gas station right down the road. And my dad calls me and he's like, Hey, like, have you heard anything? Have you talked to anybody? I was like, no, haven't heard a thing. It's he's over. Like, he's like, well, you know, keep your head up. Hopefully something happens here, you know, still, still quite a few rounds left. And I was like, yeah, well, <laughs> it's not looking good. And then uh, he was like, all right, well, let me know if you hear anything. All right. And I was like, all right. And I was just about to hang up the phone. And he goes, oh my God, you just got drafted. <laughs> and of course, you know, my dad's like kind of a jokester like I am. And I'm like, dude, come on. Like, that's so messed up. Like, why are you te teasing me like that? I'd be pissed. I'd be so oh, pissed. Oh, yeah. I was like, dude, that's not funny. He's <laughs> like, no, 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 no. I'm dead serious. You just got drafted 16th round of the Washington Nationals. And I was like, you're serious. That's I'm pretty specific. <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right, well, sweet. I mean, I didn't get a phone call from anybody or anything, like nothing. So I was like, that's why I was so skeptical. It'd be that that would be kind of, I mean, I wouldn't know if it was true. I mean, exactly. even if, I mean, just because, I mean, I'm optimistic about stuff, but then again, it's like, that's, it's, it sounds too good to be true. Like getting drafted. Yeah. That's exactly how I felt because <laughs> I didn't get a phone call. I didn't yeah. talk to anybody. It was just like, <laughs> is this a joke or it's like, is oh, Hey, real? cool. My name. Yeah, literally, that's exactly how it happened. It was wow. like the ticker went 16th round. I don't remember what pick, but Ian Sagdahl, infielder for WSU. And so, yeah, then uh, I went back, and my buddy had no idea because he was on his phone. And <laughs> I was like, dude, I got drafted. And he's like, what? No way. How come I didn't hear it? And I was like, probably because you're on your phone. But, uh, yeah, problems. then – yeah, right. And then uh, got the family together, had some friends at a restaurant, and that was pretty much it. First thing I actually did, though, after I found out, 
uh, was go and get two uh, Nationals hats, one for myself, obviously, and then yeah. uh, one for my little brother because he nice. was he was uh, pretty excited to have a big brother get drafted. So. Oh yeah, well, I mean, like that's a big deal, though. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it had been a long time since anyone got drafted from Eastmont. I'm not what? really familiar with Wenatchee, but I'd say uh, I think there's been two people from Wenatchee that I know. Well, Driver and then and, uh, CJ Getman. Oh, yeah, 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 yep. Yeah, he he went. Yeah, he played at WBC with me for one year. Right. And then went to Central. Yep. I got drafted out of there. With the Giants. Yep. Yeah. But other than that, I don't think there's any – I mean, there's been anyone since. No, not that I can think of. Yeah, no. Which is crazy because, you know, that, like, area between, like, Wenatchee – um yakima tri-cities like yeah. there's some really good players out of there it's just whether or not you can get seen or not i i believe that well i mean and say a lot of the guys like who do go to like, the bigger schools they pay all the money to go get seen mm-hmm. and then if you don't have the money or anything like that like on the east side like of the state i mean you're you're sol yeah, and that's uh, like we discussed that, earlier. It's it's tough if you're not if you don't have the money nowadays, yeah. um, which is sad because you know who knows how many guys are out there that do have the talent but have never been in the right spotlight. Yeah, I mean, but, it only takes that one or like that one, t- or it's like that one moment, like for a coach or even like anyone like to see you. You say, hey, like this guy's, oh, this guy's legit. Like, yeah, all it takes is one person to like you, and that can go a long way, long, long way. See, like what I'm learning, I guess, in the baseball like industry, it's it's just pretty much all like who you know. I mean, because like everyone's, everyone like from what I know so far, like everyone's pretty open like with each other. Oh yeah, and I it's mean, all like all like, helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it definitely helped me going to a camp when I was, I must have been 16 or 17 years old to WSU. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what really like put me on the map, I think, as far as being recruited. Yeah. Um, But I mean, going to all these tournaments and travel ball, uh, teams that I played with, you know, the exposure that you get as far as like playing against other guys. I mean, that can go a long way as well. Yeah. I mean, when I was 13, 12, 13 years old, I had already played against Bryce Harper. Um, and God knows who else I played against, but yeah, it's just like that can, you know, those are name drops that you can be like, yeah, I played against these guys. Oh, yeah, for sure. To any, you know, anybody that you talk to about it. So, yeah, there was a, what was it? There was a guy I was talking to the other night 
and he actually played in a tournament in Cooperstown, New York, in the same time I was there. Oh, no way. Yeah. And then I had a buddy who I went to college with who's from Hawaii that was also there at that same time. It, 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 it's just – that's all I feel that, that baseball is. It's just like at some point you played against someone. Exactly, yeah. What? Man, that would be – I think every kid should be able to experience Cooperstown. Dude, it's – I think like to this day probably like one of my favorite times of my life. Oh, sure. absolutely. I mean, you're there for a week, basically, in a building with bunk beds and you're with some of your best friends growing yes. up. <laughs> Name a better time to be alive. Oh, there At is the none. Of, you know, 12. Well, yeah, 12 we, uh, the week we were there was Hall of Fame induction week, too. So that was, I mean, it's like the whole entire town was crazy. Just and filled. It, Yes, and then it just makes it that much better. Yeah, I mean, did you get to go to uh, Cooperstown? Yeah, 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 back in, Yep, yeah, in uh, 2007, uh, we went up there and then played in tournament. Yeah, that's the one thing I regret was at the time, and I was just so young, and all I cared about was being on a baseball field. Yep. I didn't really care about the history, how this game became. Yeah. I mean, I was just, I wanted to be on a baseball field. I wanted to be playing. I just was so, you know, looking straight. I didn't want to look anywhere else. And that's like one of the biggest things that I regret when I was down there. We, we went there, we went to the hall of fame. Yeah. And I think we had to wait like, you know, that's a cool place. hour. Like that was, you know, we had to wait a half hour. So it just, my attention span was not there. I just, I wanted to leave. I wanted to go back to Cooperstown field of dreams and be with everybody else. And we literally walked in, like walked down one row where all the plaques are. And I was like, yeah. okay, like, get me out. So, but yeah, I mean, like I said, if, if every kid could experience Cooperstown or something similar like that, I think that would just be so huge for the game of baseball. Oh yeah. There's, so there's the, the, there's complexes. It's like the, it's like the big league dream parks. And then like the fields. Look, oh, the replicas. Yeah. Yeah. Like, down in like Cali. Yeah, I played down in uh, Manteca, California. Yep. There, and it was, dude, it was, it was badass. It's incredible. I mean, and I think like that, like that alone, like playing like on a field like that, it kind of like gives you kind of like manifesting like what you want to do. Mm-hmm. I, I think mean, it really puts things into perspective too of yeah. what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. And I, you know especially for kids that really take baseball serious and they want to pursue something after high school. I think when you go to a place like that, it just really puts things into perspective on what you're working towards and yeah. what potentially could be for you. And that's what I mean as far as like, 
kids being able to experience that because i mean you know you're a guy from sila i'm a guy from wenatchee yeah closest thing we have to a big league field in high school is what it's uh t-mobile well i mean safeco but like but do you get to play there yeah uh no exactly i mean mean, like well you had the uh well for state because eastmont's 3a right Correct. Yeah, so for 3A and 4A state for Final Four, you play over there. Right. I never went to state in high school, but we did get to go to Safeco and play for like a – I can't remember what it was, but it was something to do with like, you know, a high school classic where they invite like certain high schools each year and you get to go and play a game yeah. at Safeco. Yeah, it was unbelievable. We got to go and uh, play against Mercer Island. Damn. And it was it was pretty sweet. One of the, one of my buddies uh, hit a home run there, and it's like, dude, yeah, he's see, that's have like that a, for the rest of his yes. life. I mean, it's I'm mean, like, cause like, even if you like don't play like professional baseball, you can still say that you hit you hit a bomb at Safeco. Exactly. Off like an actual pitcher, not like. Not like tossing it up. Yeah, no. Like that. Yeah. Or yeah. virtual. It's like, no, like I stood in Safeco Field yeah. in the batter's box where countless of big leaguers have stood. And it's like, oh, dude, yeah. this is the life, you know? What? Who, who would be the guy that you first saw at spring training and then you were just like, holy shit, that's so-and-so? Oh man. Um and say like with the Nationals, there's a say yeah, I mean, yeah. Hmm. yeah. Well, as far as like me playing yeah. and being with the Nationals. Yep. I mean, uh, you know, Harper was one of them. Yeah. I played against Harper growing up a few times, but um you know, I there was Harper, there was Zimmerman, um, Scherzer, Strasburg. Yeah, I mean they were all just like, whoa. See, <laughs> so there I've was a. Uh, oh yeah, it's it's say because well my favorite player in Major League Baseball is Anthony Rendon, and that's so Rendon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how stacked the Nationals were. Yeah, and it. Are. I mean, and he's underrated and that's how stacked they were exactly i mean he was an all-star third baseman gold glover i mean weird yeah i mean he always got snuffed too because arenado i mean that's who he was competing against for a gold glove every year and you can't beat out nolan arenado i mean he's pretty got manny machado too you got him there too you got tough place it's you know it's a tough place to win a gold glove <laughs> oh That's guaranteed sure. so who's uh let's see so what was your like what was your first spring training like how did that go about well um don't say because like from what i know people just get dropped off and go pretty much yeah um 
also like we were discussing earlier i had no idea what professional baseball was like yep Uh, because now it's your career now it's my career but uh (laughs) that first year i remember uh so actually my first year so a month like less than a month after i got drafted we were uh shipped off to auburn new york which is where the national short team was short a team was, and that was like (laughs) eye-opening as well um you know basically just take guys from all across the country and you draft them and then you just throw them on a team and so i i have no idea who anybody is i mean there, I don't think there were any other Pac-12 guys that got sent there initially. We had a few get called up mm-hmm. um, from the GCL, but I mean, I literally showed up to the airport, got on my flight, showed up to Auburn, New York, got picked up by somebody I'd never met before, um, and he was like, "All right, here's your hotel. Uh, be at the ballpark tomorrow at." Uh, one o'clock and I was like all right <laughs> had to get an uber to the field and, yeah, uh, find find your own rides yeah and so I, I showed up to the field and I was like I don't know anybody and like if you know me I'm pretty easy to have a conversation with yeah, oh, make yeah. a conversation and meet new people but like I don't know it was something different about just showing up somewhere Were you nervous? like that Oh yeah, I was definitely nervous because you know, it's like I said, I had no idea what to expect, you know, and then not to mention all these guys that just got drafted, but you're also including guys from the Dominican Republic, Venezuela, yeah. whole different ballgame, who, who barely speak English. And I'm just like, oh my God, like this is a whole new world. Yeah. But then when you get on the field, it's like, it's the same game you've always been playing. So yeah. I think after that season and then showing up to spring training, I was a lot more comfortable. So, you know, showing up to spring training, it was like, okay, you know, there's, there's my buddy Jackson or, you know, there's my buddy Rhett, there's my buddy Max. So it was kind of like we were all experiencing it, but it's just seemed like, you know, some of those guys that went to Vanderbilt or South Carolina. Yeah, Cause they've played with all of them before. Yeah, they, you know, they always have these guys that, you know, are high draft picks that always come back to their colleges to work out and train. Yeah. Um, they kind of get a feel and, you know, get to ask all these questions and stuff. And it's like, oh, you know, this is just another day for them. Meanwhile, yeah. it's like, I'm over here. Yeah, we've had guys get drafted from WSU, but um, at Not, least when I was there, we didn't really have anybody come back. So it was kind of like, I was kind of going in into it blind. Well, Pol- Pullman's a different place. That place is badass, man. That place Pol- is heavy. <laughs> I love Pullman. I mean, I don't see how you can hate it. Uh, if you're from Pullman. Even then, you know, I, I knew a couple kids that I trained there. And it's like, you know, it's a hard place to leave. It hey. really is. In the Palouse, it's, it's, fun. It's, just, it's just a different place, you know. You have to experience it. You got to go to 
you got to go to Wazoo during Halloween week. Well, <laughs> so if, you, if you're going to school at WSU, me personally, it's a love-hate relationship when Halloween week yeah. comes about because you have all these people come into Pullman and it's just a mess. And they're not even from Wazoo. Like, no. I mean, I've gone there and I'm – Well, I'm, yeah, I mean – you're literally, you know, two hours away, if yeah. that. But, I mean, we there were people coming from, like, out of state. It was incredible. I mean, and I'm sure it continues. We also, like, had multiple break-ins, my, impart- my apartment included. Um, but, yeah, I mean. It's, it's a wild town. It's a wild town, no doubt about it. So when you were playing, I guess, like in the minors, like now, uh, have you had any teammates that have been just like phenomenal ball players, like that have been called up, like to the bigs? Yeah, uh, a lot actually. Um, Soto, for one, he was the twenty-one-year-old phenom. The twenty-one-year-old <laughs> phenom who literally is a generational player. Oh yeah, I mean, he yep. is incredible i mean anytime we would go on the road and take batting practice so you know normally the home team always hits batting practice first yeah other teams would stay out after they get done there they they were done hitting batting practice and they would sit there and watch him take batting practice that's insane i mean the ball coming off of his bat was a different sound it was just incredible. I absolutely hated being in the same group as him because he would just put everyone to shame. I mean, in that group. like he would go left center, just no problem. What is it? I saw, uh, I think it was, I think there was a highlight of him today. Like he, he went oppo. It was like nothing. Yeah. It's he, just him flicking the wrists and it's, 450 feet the other way that's i mean that's just the types of guys that you play against true well i mean i wouldn't compare everyone to moto that's a very there's like a handful of players yeah i I would i would compare to juan soto right i mean there there have been many others as well i mean victor robles yep um, dude has a absolute cannon Yes. I mean, if he ever can't hit, he's got to step on a mound. <laughs> I mean, that is just effortless velocity. They should put him on a mound. Well, I mean, the guy runs like a 3-8, three, 3-9 three, so, so. So you So you let him hit? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's got some pop, too. Don't get me wrong. But, True. Um, there was let's see uh so in 20 2018 i moved down to fort lauderdale florida like for the year mm-hmm. so i would drive up and uh go to the national spring training in uh west palm or yeah. at uh yeah. west palm okay i was gonna say if you went to the one in melbourne nope probably weren't impressed <laughs> no definitely west palm with 
Nationals Astros. Yeah, that's complex. that's a really nice complex that we have now. So that that was my first, I guess, my first time going to spring training. Oh yeah, and like, and then I kind of wish I knew people then, like I do now yeah. for it. It would have been a little better. Yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot to do in the stadium and the complex, but you get to watch some baseball at least. I would call in sick and then just drive up. <laughs> and I would buy like the cheapest ticket and then just either sit like on the grass, like an outfield, like all by myself or trying it up close. And no, it, it was like one of the best days. I mean, it's hard to be just a watch good baseball. ballpark. Dude, there is, I think, say the first game I watched, it was, uh, I wanted to go because Scherzer was on the mound. And then I think his first pitch, uh, Dansby Swanson hit a bomb like off him. And I was like, well, holy shit. And then Max was just smiling, laughing, just. Yeah. Spring training. Give me the ball. Oh, well. Yeah. It was, I was like, damn. But it's, it's yeah. Wild. It's just, spring training is just a different different type of baseball do you, i mean it's let's see do you think that next year well i guess not next year the, okay so so this past year during spring training was it a different vibe like with astros in the same a facility like the same area not really i mean we didn't like we're so far apart i mean yeah. granted we're in the same complex but yeah. i mean their locker room and our locker room is like yeah, totally yeah. different sides um i mean i i know personally a couple of guys in the astros organization and there was like no animosity towards us yeah I mean, we're still in the minors so it's not like we played the game yeah i mean there's you know obviously some some trash talking back and forth on who's better. And then of course the whole trash can deal came out. So yeah, there was definitely some trash talking going on, but no, nope. there was no, no, like, no pun intended on that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, spring training got cut short. So I was only there. We were only there. The minor league side was only there five days. So you, Traveled across the whole country and then just got told, see ya. Yeah. All right. How did that work? All right. How did that go down? So we, uh, we showed up, I think it was March 2nd was when we reported and you could already tell there was like a weird vibe going on yeah. throughout the whole uh, facility with you know like the training staff in particular because you know they, they had like, new. a better yeah. understanding and me working in Seattle this offseason uh, across the street from Amazon uh, where they had like the one of the first cases yeah. uh, pop up um, 
that was kind of like, you know, I kind of understood what, what was going on, I think more than other people did. Um, so, and I told that story, like I told somebody like, yeah, like I, I place I worked at this off season was right across the street from Amazon. That was like one of the first spots that we had a case pop up and one of the trainers came over and was like, Hey, like, I don't know if I'd be going around telling that <laughs> people like <laughs> you're going to be sent home just because that. I mean, that's kind of how it came off. I was like, all right, that's good to know. I will zip them out. Once again, Washington State gets the shit on the stick. Yep. But, um, so yeah, we got our physicals done. Um, Had like a really light workout. And then the next day we had like a full-on workout. And then the third day was when the NBA canceled the season. Yep. And then right then, so, like, even I knew, I was like, this is not good for baseball. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, uh, we had a full day's work. And we were at, um, me and three other guys uh, rented a house for spring training. And we were at the house just watching ESPN. And, of course, it pops up, NBA canceled yeah. And we're like, okay, well, <laughs> if the NBA is canceling the season, who's next? MLB. And then it was like the NHL, like a couple hours later. Yep. And then the next day, we show up to the field, and they're like, turn around and go home. We're not practicing today. And then we're like, okay. And so then we went home, didn't hear anything, show up the next day. It's like we have a full-on workout, and it's like you just sent us home. So now, what's going on? And we uh, we finished up our workout, and the big league team was starting their game, and they got mm-hmm. like two innings in, and then that's when they announced that they're yeah. canceling spring training. And so we were just like, "All right, <laughs> what's next?" And sure enough, next day we all had plane tickets home. That's crazy. Yeah. So it was, uh, it, it was an eventful like four or five days where it was just like. You had no idea like what was happening. No idea. And it was like each day something more dramatic would happen. And it was just like, <laughs> here we are just trying to, you know, get our workouts in. Yeah. The NBA just canceled their season or the NHL. And it's just like, what is going on? And it's like, here we are now. 2020. Six months in and season canceled. Had to find a job for the whole summer. Damn, you have to live the nine to five life for a little bit. Yes, yeah. You get a taste (laughs) of the real world real quick. Yeah. Dude, that, that that would be frustrating. Going going all the way down there, I mean, like to get excited about spring training and then like for a brand new season, and then just nope, nope. And it's not like I'm getting any younger or any of the other guys are getting any younger. That is true. Where so did you stay busy? I guess like like for training wise in uh, Seattle. Um, for like the first couple weeks I was trying to, and then, or did you just shut it down? 
Well, I mean, you, you try and then all of a sudden it's like everything gets closed down. Yeah. We're in full on quarantine and the state of Washington was yeah, like, we got screwed the first one to do it. So it was just kind of like, well, <laughs> who am I going to go play catch with? No one wants to play catch or go hit yeah. because we're afraid they're going to catch this. <laughs> And so it just kind of like dragged on. And now it's like some places are finally starting to open back up. Um, but it's like you're going a full year without seeing live pitching. Um, and, you know, for guys like me, it's like, well, I have to work in order to yeah. live, basically. So it's like you just got to pick and choose when you're going to work out when you're gonna go hit I mean it took me almost two months if not longer to find a place to finally go train at yeah because everything was closed down where'd you go to um so there's a uh, uh I guess a select ball team five minutes down the road from my apartment here in Seattle um they're called city baseball and they, uh, they, well, how it happened was I initially was like, okay, well, let's see if there's any baseball facilities where I live because the guy that I normally go train with was closed and he had no idea when he was going to be able to reopen. Um, so I just Googled baseball facilities around the area and sure enough, there was five minutes, one, five minutes down the road. And I was able to get his contact information and um, he was more than willing to help me out. He's yeah. like, yeah, just like, you know, make sure you clean the weights. Um, if you hit any baseballs, just make sure you kind of like put them in a separate pile so that we can clean them and whatnot. So thankfully they, uh, they let me in with open arms and uh, that's kind of like where I've been training at for the past month now how that works how's that yeah. I, I went up to uh i think like three weeks ago or four weeks ago i uh, went up to uh driveline oh yeah 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 for like it was it was my first time up there it's a nice facility they just redid a lot yeah, of it. it's oh yeah because we went back to like the i guess to like the camera zone like where they have like all these cameras it do it's next level insane yeah i mean like i was it's we don't have any of that at all on this side of the mountains besides i, think... I mean they so they put in like uh dbat places but nothing really to that level no i mean i don't think a lot of actually i think i don't think there is anything to the level of driveline no that is a one-of-a-kind place. It would be. Yeah, because I was looking at, like, the uh, record boards and all of that. And uh, was it the fastest or the hardest pitch by a guy under 180 pounds, Joe Kelly? And I was like, holy shit, like, free, <laughs> free, free Joe Kelly. Yeah, hashtag. Yes. No, there's, I mean, there's Washington State. I mean, there's a lot of talent out of here, but need more opportunities for the whole state. 
Yeah, I agree. They're just, uh, it just seems like there's more focus on other sports than baseball, which is sad because there's so many opportunities for guys that just don't have it. Got that one. Sucks. Well, let's uh, wrap it up a little bit. What's your, uh, do you have any final thoughts? For listeners, any advice that you personally have received that you think is top notch? I think my biggest advice is to make sure you enjoy the game. Yep. If you're not if you're not enjoying the game, what's the point in continuing to play it? Especially um, baseball. Yeah. I mean, some of the best memories I have are from a younger age with, you know, my high school buddies getting to, you know, hang out with them. That was some of the best times of my life. And yeah, you make lifelong friends doing that. And I think there's a shift going on right now. And that is pulling people away from that and making people focus on just one sport is just not good for you. I think kids need to be able to experience multiple sports and, make lifelong friends and continue to grow as people. And then at the end of the day, that's what matters. That is. You, you can only play baseball for so long. Exactly. Well, I appreciate it, man. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Take care. You too. Huge. Thank you to Ian Sagdal. He's tearing it up in double A right now. And I'm very excited to see where he goes from here. As always, a huge thank you to Routine Baseball for many of the apparel I wear throughout these episodes. Routine Baseball has got me covered. They started out of a basement producing tees, and now they're shipping apparel and accessories across the globe. And just so you guys know, January 1st, stay tuned for that date. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, and go Cubs.